0: Jonathan Beskin is a serial entrepreneur, a digital ad expert. He's been honored by the Inc. 5000 list numerous times. He is the author of The Least Likely Millionaire, How to Succeed When Everyone Expects You to Fail. Welcome, Jonathan.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more about your work and why you do what you do.
1: Sure, well, uh, I live in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, I am a single dad to a 14-year-old son. Um, And I think what's most notable is that uh, about uh, seven years ago, I started uh, my first company called uh, Single Swags. This is the first and kind of largest now uh, subscription box company marketed towards single women. Uh, That company is a top 200 Inc, 5,000 company. Uh, we were on the the list of fastest growing companies in America twice. Uh, top 10 in growth in Florida. And what really uh, drove that uh, revenue growth was uh, uh, digital advertising, particularly on Facebook and Instagram, um, and uh, I really started the business uh, when I had no money, when I had no expertise or resources, and scaled it uh, on my own pretty much uh, to over $60 million in revenue in under five years. Uh, and uh, I did a lot of that, actually, while I had a full-time job in financial services. I kind of had a, had a 10-year professional corporate career prior to starting this business. Uh, I um, have an MBA from uh, FAU uh, here in South Florida. And uh, I look forward to answering more questions about all that.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much. So how to succeed when no one expects you to when everyone except expects you to fail? Everyone?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I, I think uh, for me, it, it really felt like everyone at, at different points in my life. And uh, you know, it, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because I think I'm very motivated uh, by proving people wrong. And I think people, it's kind of proverbial, just people in quotes. Uh, there are some specific events throughout my life, which I talk about in the book, uh, The Least Like a Millionaire. And the subtitle is How to Succeed When Everyone Expects You to Fail. Uh, you know that they were pivotal, not only in my childhood and my upbringing, um, I also uh, was hospitalized for mental illness as an adolescent and twice as an adult and um, uh, faced a lot of adversity. And even when I was starting my company, uh, there were a lot of individuals who had had some professional success that were entrepreneurs that told me all the reasons why this idea would never work. That I'm a uh, a straight single guy. What do I know about single women? What do I know about a subscription box, an e-commerce business? I needed to raise money, uh, which I never did to to kind of scale a business. So. Uh, Really, I was told all the reasons why I would never succeed, why this specific business would never get off the ground. And in a lot of ways, it, it was emotionally draining. Um, a lot of the kind of toxic energy around that, uh, made me want to quit. And there were times, uh, while I was scaling the business that I was very close to quitting and that I, uh, you know, was sad and, and I thought my life was never going to change. Uh, but fortunately, um, I stuck with it. Um, I kind of trusted my gut and my intuition. And uh, it's really been a life-changing business and uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, for myself and my family.
0: I am somebody who I have a deep appreciation for having a chip on one shoulder, as I always have had one also. Um, I have identified limiting beliefs that I've had in the past, though I've never um, I don't think I've ever struggled necessarily with mental health, um, although I think we all probably do a little bit. Um, how close did you come to actually quitting?
1: Uh, Very close. Uh, So, um, you know, I remember one conversation in particular that there was an individual, and I do talk about this in kind of detail in the book, uh, that had a similar business. So they had a subscription box company. Uh, This was around the time I was starting mine. I had like maybe five to 700 subscribers in my business at the time. So I still wouldn't say it was a a super serious business like it eventually became just to put in perspective at the peak of the business, we were shipping out over 50,000 boxes a month and we shipped over uh, 2 million boxes to over 300,000 customers at this point. But at that time, Uh, That individual had a a giant company to me um, in in my kind of limited knowledge, limited experience, and they basically laughed at my idea, uh, told me it wasn't going to work. And um, that was probably the point where and told me the specific reasons why was that. Uh, I I couldn't do without raising money so that I should be focused on raising money and bringing in the type of smart money that would help me scale the business that would bring in the professional expertise and the sophistication and also potentially bring in a woman. Uh, because as a guy uh, I wouldn't be able to scale a business folks, on single women and when i had the idea for this business i was single at the time i was kind of thinking about these recurring revenue model companies because that's was part of the curriculum i studied in business school and I had the idea for both men and women when i did some research uh, the consumers for this type of product at the time were primarily women uh, so that's why I kind of made the decision to focus on women and uh, yeah i i, I Came very close. I wanted to uh, give up and I really thought that my life was going to change. But, uh, you know, something um, kept me going. And I'm not sure that I can articulate exactly what that was other than this kind of burning desire to change my life. And that's what I was really destined to do. I'm convinced that, um, you know, millions of individuals could have had the same idea and not been able to scale it. Uh, you know, the attractive thing about the business I started is that there's really very low barriers to entry. So anyone can start this type of company. So it's an e-commerce business. There's really not a lot of overhead. I started with the under $2,000 and grew it to $60 million in under five years. And I think a lot of other people could do that. I think um, really the challenge is scale. So there's hundreds of thousands of businesses out there that become hobby businesses or things that people do out of their home or their garage uh, that don't really become a serious situation. And um, uh, fortunately mine did. And uh, a lot of that was based on a lot of hard work and sacrifice that, that, that I made uh, personally.
0: You said that your son is 14. You started your business seven years ago. Do you think that you would have stuck it out if he hadn't been in the picture?
1: Um uh, yeah, that that that's a good question. I haven't been asked that before, so I um I think, you know, having a kid is definitely a a, a motivator and um uh you know, really you're not just doing it for for yourself. I think in some ways I may have um uh yeah, you, you, you know, scaled in a different way, or or done, you know, gone about my life differently. It's it's hard to like say if he was in the picture, how my life would have played out, what what different events. Um, part of it was that I had the idea because I was sitting at home alone one night um, and other people, and because I had my son at home and I couldn't go out and he's like a really young age at the time and other people are posting on social media and I was kind of uh, a little bit sad and lonely at the time. So I think uh, and, and from from that perspective, um, it probably wouldn't have ever happened or this particular maybe it would have been another business, but who knows? I think it's really hard um, to have uh, a repeat success. I think, you know, to create a brand uh, from nothing and turn it into a brand that people write recognized with millions of followers on social media and some Inc 5000, uh, you know, recognition or type growth, it's hard to repeat that. I mean, people who do that multiple times, like true serial entrepreneurs, are pretty amazing uh, from my perspective. So I, um, uh, yeah, I I mean, I feel fortunate and I think really in general, um, everything my life that has happened, I mean, gay, married, getting divorced, having a kid, um, facing the adversity I I face as a kid, having some father who did some really nasty things to me and my mom when I was growing up, Um, it, 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 you know, if I didn't experience all of that, I wouldn't have done what I did. Like it it all kind of led to, to, to that kind of culmination in my mind. Uh, So I think that, um, and, you know, I I wouldn't say it's positive because a lot of this stuff is very negative, that I wouldn't want my son to go through some of these same things I went through. Uh, but it, it, it kind of built uh, the person that that I eventually became.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? Certainly, some of those experiences you just listed out, you wouldn't wish upon anyone. Um, yet, it's certainly played an important role, or you you wouldn't have arrived here any other way. So it's it's it's, yeah. it's 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 an interesting thing. Um, so here you are now. You've 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 now written a book. You've started these different businesses. You've had all this success. Do you still have this chip on your shoulder? Is it bigger? Is it smaller?
1: Uh, yeah, I I definitely still do, and um, I wouldn't really say it's necessarily bigger. I would say it's it's uh, similar and it's still there. And and I think the challenge is, I mean, how do you uh, you know? It's not like I could flip a switch and and turn that off. And I think that in an, in an ideal. Uh, situation, I would be able to move on from a lot of these, uh, you know, being this kind of insecure kid who was made fun of when I was younger and who um, grew up in a rich area that people kind of thought might have lived in a trailer park or something like that. So I, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not easy to kind of shake that. And I wish it was because the challenge is then it's like, even though you've proved yourself to people, there's a constant need to continue to do that. And that's also challenging. So, I mean, um, it's hard to uh, kind of keep that up and have uh, uh, put pressure. You know, I already feel like I have enough pressure on myself to keep the business going, um, you know, with my son, with anything else. So I put this extra pressure on myself about, um, uh, you know, prove continuing to prove people wrong that, Ultimately are, are pretty insignificant uh, in my life at, at, at this point and definitely are familiar with some of the things I've achieved and that type of thing. So um, it's still there um, in a lot of ways. I, I, I wish it wasn't, but um, I think it's just part of my uh, being, I think that one thing that I also talk about in the book is the whole concept of using some of these things like debilitating anxiety and depression and racing thoughts, catastrophization and thinking a certain way and channeling that thought process into something positive. So taking all the energy with anxiety into thinking about your business from every angle, preempting what your competitors are doing, just using those types of things that are perceived as negative in a way that could benefit you and benefit your life and and kind of not looking at as toxic because I think for the most part when people have these things like anxiety even if you you know unless you're like fully medicated like completely out of time I mean it's hard to control them I mean it's not something that goes away it's kind of like a disease I mean it's not something that that like easily is is solvable so if you're going to have it and you know it's not going away uh why not try to use it to your advantage
0: yeah i certainly appreciate that and do you feel that that's a a skill like any other meaning that you need to learn it and then you can get way better at it
1: yeah i i, I think that uh uh yeah i I think you need to in a way it's like retraining your brain um to you know how to process things and not you know a lot of people i think or at least me and i think i've spoken to a lot of people that feel this way i mean get mad at themselves for thinking this way or kind of get overwhelmed or, or or different thing but if you can really you know, kind of teach yourself or constantly remind yourself and that, you know, you can really use this to your advantage that you can, you know, take these racing thoughts and, and think about things that, 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 that'll, you know, benefit you. So you're not going down those really toxic rabbit holes uh, that, that don't lead to anything positive And you make a lot of assumptions. I mean, I could like, you know, uh, just give like a, a kind of simple example. I just thought of like if you, you know, if my son who's a very big athlete like uh, has an injury to his finger or something like that, and he has to be out for a few weeks. Well, then you're already assuming he's never going to play college sports. He's going to be done. He he, he 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 then kids get injured all the time, so it's like. Uh, Uh, You know, not not everything when when you have an intense amount of anxiety, it's very easy to just quickly go down these rabbit holes and it quickly catastrophize everything. Everything. And I think there are ways to retrain your brain uh, to, you know, not allow that to happen and to focus uh, those thoughts on something more positive, like a business, like achieving goals, like weight loss or eating healthier, you know, things of that nature. Before I had this business, I was uh, uh, a serious marathon runner and I applied a lot of the same principles involving discipline and sacrifice and you know, these thought processes into uh, that at that time.
0: I appreciate that very much. Um, so what are you hoping that people are going to get when they re- get out of when they read The Least Likely Millionaire?
1: Uh, well, I, I hope that they get some inspiration. And I hope that it motivates them. I think that a lot of people feel uh, stuck in their uh, current work environment, uh, in their current familial uh, environment. And that, um, uh, you know, they kind of hear from my story that, uh, uh, you know, that first of all, that's very common uh, to to feel that way and that there are things you can do to uh, get out uh, of that and get out of that kind of funk. And um, uh, the book includes it. You know, a lot of it is my story. And, uh, how I kind of, uh, grew up some specific thing that happened, but there's a lot of key takeaways and there's definitely quite a few actionable, uh, steps that people can take. Uh, to really change their life in, in meaningful ways. And some of them are what I was talking about around uh, healthy obsessions, which is kind of what I call uh, you know re retraining your brain to, to obsess. So if you're going to obsess in general, why not obsess on something positive that's healthy, that's going to benefit you in some way? So uh, there's also a lot of uh, tips and resources on – how to get uh, something off the ground. And uh, yeah, there's really not a lot of negative consequences to trying something and kind of learning from it and and starting off as a side hustle. So um, I'm excited about the book. I've gotten a lot of good feedback and some really uh, high quality, uh, unbiased reviews. And uh, uh, I'm excited to get into people's hands very soon.
0: Yeah, excellent. Talking about... Different things that we struggle with, mistakes that we've made is not an easy thing. Is it now easy for you? And when did you start talking and telling people the things you've struggled with?
1: Uh, well, it's definitely not easy. And uh, writing this book uh, was definitely very emotional and brought a lot back. And, and I think I, I, you know, particularly as it relates to some of the mental illness uh, things that I talk about in the book, uh, which also includes uh, when one of the times I was hospitalized as an adult, having electro kind of convulsive therapy for severe depression, I think that uh, a lot of people who know me personally would be very surprised to hear that i think i've been good for a lot of my life about uh uh, putting up a front or a mask and feeling uh, horrible on the inside and really struggling on the inside so uh, i think it's a very vulnerable uh, kind of situation and i'm very transparent about a, a lot of things but i think uh, the more people I've spoken to um, about this, and as I've been talking about it more, you know, conjunction with uh, releasing the book, I mean, a lot of people relate to that, uh, particularly as it relates to mental illness and anxiety and depression, uh, whether, you know, they they've had something as serious as being hospitalized. Or more likely, they just struggle with this on a daily basis and kind of with the normal stress uh, that's associated with like everyday life. So um, uh, I'm really hoping that aspect can help people, too, and being willing to share something like that, that um, I I just think a lot of people aren't willing to talk about.
0: Well, I commend you for it, and I'm, I'm grateful that you did it and that you had the courage to do it and that you continue to have the courage to talk about it because there are so many people that are struggling with it. And to see somebody who has um, experienced the kind of unique success that you have and the experiences that you've had and it's that's really oftentimes what we need as human beings is to be able to look and see, oh, look at Jonathan. He's just a regular guy who's done extraordinary things and he struggled with a lot of the things that I have. So perhaps I can do that also. I think that that's a really, really cool thing. So thank you for doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. And I, yeah, I hope uh, uh, more people will uh, have the opportunity to kind of hear the story. And um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do more things like this and, and uh, get it out there as much as I can.
0: I love it. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage and where can they get their copy of The Least Likely Millionaire? How to Succeed When Everyone Expects You to Fail?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, there's a few ways to connect with me. Uh, I have a website. It's a jonathanbeskin.com. It's J O N A T H A N, B like boy, E S K I N.com. Uh, I also, uh, you know, I have an Instagram account at J Beskin, my last name, Beskin. And uh, this is very embarrassing uh, for my 14 year old son, but <laughs> Kind of a a TikTok account uh, that's gone somewhat viral. Uh, So I have about 45,000 followers on there. I'm somewhat regularly putting out content and uh, about uh, entrepreneurial topics, my story, things that could potentially uh, help. Uh, So uh, at TikTok, at Jonathan Beskin. Uh, So, yeah.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, I uh, I certainly can't wait to embarrass the heck out of my boys. They're six and three, so I've got uh, a couple of years before they start feeling that way, but uh, I, I look forward to it. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jonathan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to jonathanbeskin.com. It's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. B-E-S-K-I-N.com. Find them on Instagram at j Beskin and TikTok at Jonathan Beskin, and then pick up your copy of The Least Likely Millionaire, wherever you buy your books, and I'll link all of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Jonathan. Thank you. Till next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.